Hello, it's great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Path to Abundant Living. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. As always, I've got Mr. Matt Nordman and Scott Morrison of Mor- Morrison Nordman and Associates joining us momentarily. But first, look, we want to take a moment to thank you, the audience, for finding your way back to the show. As you know, each episode, Matt, Scott, and I, we tackle a unique, complex financial topic uh, and really dive deep into it. We tap into their year's worth of experience in the wealth planning, financial management sector, uh, and talk about, you know, some case studies, some examples that they have found in their work, you know, in their dealings with clients. Today, though, we've got a really interesting topic lined up for you today. Today's topic surrounds the idea of should you be an executor? If you're not familiar with what that term is, we're going to get into that in just a moment. But being an executor is, is uh, you know, it's a lofty request. You know, if a friend, a family member, somebody approaches you and asks you if you would be an executor for them, there's a lot that goes into making that decision. It's one of those decisions that you certainly shouldn't be hasty to make. You know, there's a lot to consider within it, a lot of risk that can also come to fruition with it. So we want to dive deep into this topic today take some time, uncover a lot of, uh, you know, any misconceptions surrounding this position, and then maybe offer some suggestions on how you want to approach it if you accept that position. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring the guys on. Let's Scott, Matt, good to see you guys this morning. How are you guys doing? Morning. Uh, morning. Good to see you, Ryan. Scott, always good to see you as well. <laughs> well so uh, we got a great topic lined up today, guys, and and I think probably the best place for us to start is for those that are kind of unaware of of what an executor really is. Scott, I'll throw the you know first question over to you. Let's tell me about the basics. Let's start with what is an executor. Tell me what they do. Well, in the in the most general terms, an executor is the person who's legally responsible for sorting out your finances or sorting out the finances of someone who's passed away. Uh, most notably by, you know, taking care of any debts and taxes that need to be paid and by distributing assets to the heirs. Uh, now, again, that, that's the most general terms. It, it ends up being far more complicated than that, depending on the size of the estate. Uh, can have a lot of moving parts to it. Uh, you know, the knowledge base of the executor in those kind of situations where you have a, a large and complex estate can be, can be daunting. Uh, how an estate can be executed can be can vary from one state to the next. Uh, it can have a lot of facets to it. Uh, you know, having said that, the uh, the key roles that we generally perform as executors are to to find the will and, and file it, to set up a extra bank account, uh, something in the estate's name, so that you as the executor can actually pay the bills and and uh, uh, also distribute and. Uh, deposit any any assets that are owed to the estate uh, so that that's all done uh, you as an administrator of the estate and not in your name uh, then you can also identify the assets and liabilities this is where it becomes a little bit challenging in a larger estate where there could be not only investments but there could be artwork there could be collections uh, things like that that might take a little bit more extra work than just going to the mailbox to see what bills have come in uh, then you've got, uh, you know, the, the notification of deaths. You've got to distribute death certificates, file death claims. Uh, you've got to call uh, any anything that the the deceased had in terms of subscriptions and and uh, um, accounts at the bank, uh, employer pensions, social security benefits. Uh, it's just a, a number of things that you know anything to do with the financial life of that deceased is essentially what you're going to administer and uh, 
and it's a it's a it can be a very complicated uh, proposition. Um, I guess the, another one that would be really important is uh, uh, you've got a tax return to file that year for somebody other than yourself. Um, you're going to file the tax return for the estate, and uh, that's going to have uh, a time constraint on it. You're going to have to. There's going to be some situations where you're going to have to uh, abide by whatever time um, constraints there are uh, and file those in a, in a timely fashion. Well, I mean, that's a laundry list of different responsibilities that you just laid out for us, Scott. Uh, you know, I would imagine then, Matt, uh, when looking at this, you know, those various roles and responsibilities and the, comp you know, the complex nature that comes with each one of them, this is probably not a job that somebody should automatically just leap into and say yes without considering all these factors. You know, regardless of whether it's a close friend or, or even a colleague that approaches you with this request, am I correct in saying that you should really take some time and think through, you know, the inner workings of these these roles and responsibilities. Uh, that's that's correct, Ryan. As as you heard Scott uh, discussing, there are many steps involved, and and more than most people realize. And and before immediately jumping in and saying yes, is is learning and understanding what the job entails that you'll be undertaking mm -hmm. by being the executor. And so. If you don't immediately say yes, and especially if it's a, a family member or a close friend like you were discussing, this might create a little discomfort or un unease and they might look at you and say, well, Ryan, how can you not say yes right away? It's like, well, <laughs> we, we believe that that for everyone's best interest and, and down the road, kind of looking at things that that you'll be all better off if, if you understand what this job entails and then um, making the right decision for you and the heirs in the long run. Sure, sure. And guys, I'd love to kind of get into the weeds of this now and really explore some of these specific responsibilities that come into play of, of being an executor. So, Scott, could you bat lead off in, you know, on that list that you shared with us and start by telling us what all is involved with that process of, of finding and filing a will, you know, and then over to the process of really just setting up the estate bank account as a whole? What, what all does that entail? The, the first thing is dealing with is dealing with the probate court. You have to determine which assets are going to be probated and which aren't. Typically, those assets that are going to be probated are the things that don't have a beneficiary on them, like, for instance, your home. And so you're asking the court to confirm you as the personal representative of the estate. And if you're confirmed, the judge is going to grant you authorization uh, to act, as, act on behalf of the estate and provide you with some documents that you can then distribute to all of the different financial firms, insurance companies, and institutions that you're gonna find yourself dealing with in this process. Uh, in regards to setting up an estate bank account, we can't emphasize enough how important it is to pay the uh, estate's bills out of that uh, account. You wanna keep those things separate. You don't want that to be uh, done, out, done out of your own account or the account of a beneficiary. Uh, any of the deceased's bank accounts are going to be or should be liquidated and those assets transferred into the uh, estate's bank account. Uh, this is count is where any money is going to be paid to settle any outstanding debts that are owed. And it's also going to be a place where deposits can be made uh, for accounts that are owed to the deceased. Got it. It's a super vital 
you know, important processes to go through on the front end of becoming an executor on a given estate. Matt, when when Scott was listing out some of those responsibilities at the beginning for this position, were there any in particular that you see that are, are particularly important uh, or even challenging to address from an executor's standpoint? Yes. One of, one of the biggest roles as an executor that you will have is to find all the assets. And, and that can be a hunt from looking through the attic and maybe storage spaces, storage bins, or old papers that you have to dig through in boxes, depending on how detailed or not detailed um, that people keep records of where their assets are and what total assets are. For example, I had a, a great aunt who used to store cash in books throughout her apartment. And so we never knew if we got everything. Um, <laughs> and so so it's it's a hunt for all the assets. And, and part of that role is some of those assets where there might be some jewelry or valuable artwork, or maybe it's a, a classic car that, that one of the, the heirs or the beneficiaries already has in their possession. And so your role is to take those back and, and to protect and maintain the the assets and so along those lines you might be paying property taxes or making sure insurance policies don't lapse you'll also have to search for creditors that are going to come forward for um, any assets that are owed on the estate and so again it's your role is to find these assets which can be in multiple locations in multiple states had another client who um, their their parents had passed away and they lived in a major midwestern city here but they had you know they were born in the in the 1920s and so used multiple banks over multiple years that merged and went out of business where they never knew if they got all the assets when when it came right down to it so it's identifying those assets protecting and maintaining and then searching for those creditors Got it. And, and as we've discussed on this show, you know, time and time again, the, you know, affluent families today, that list of assets can be pretty lengthy. So I can imagine that that hunt to really uncover everything can be time consuming. It can be strenuous. It can be difficult to do. So Scott, any advice then for, for an executor, uh, you know, to be successful in this hunt for, for an assets? Well, in being proactive, I think that you know, if you're named, I would assume that if you're being named an executor by someone while they're still alive, it'd be great to have a, a very detailed conversation about uh, how organized they are and how easy that job is going to be made for you uh, by some of the, the, the things that they can do prior to a death. Uh, but yes, there are some simple things you can do, uh, you know, when a death occurs. And I think the simplest one is simply just uh, using your power as the executor to have any mail forwarded directly to you. Uh, that way you're going to receive any statements, any bills. Uh, you're going to get correspondence from uh, financial advisors, CPAs, and attorneys. You're going to want to contact those people. They're going to be invaluable in helping you, uh, you know, hunt for those assets um, and will also be invaluable in helping you process some things like death claims and, and uh, you know, changing account names, uh, you know, transitioning certain assets in kind. Uh, but to keep in mind, again, some of the assets require probate and others, other assets are not probated. Mm -hmm. Probated assets uh, that pass, uh, pass on through a person's will, for example, are like home and land, antiques, collections, art, things that don't have a named beneficiary. Those are things that need to be uh, passed on in the will themselves, named in the will. 
where non-probated assets like IRAs, 401ks, anything that's uh, an annuity, an insurance company that has named beneficiaries, those are things that are going to be able to pass on directly uh, to, the, to the heirs uh, simply with some death claim forms. Got it. So, so the assets, obviously a, a bear to handle, really a lot to unpack within just purely finding, collecting those assets. Now, I kind of want to shift to the other side of the equation here is dealing with, ta- you know, those debts or taxes, um, any liabilities, um, you know, of the deceased. So, Matt, could you walk me through this process and all that entails? Because I would imagine this one uh, could be also a relatively sticky process as well. That's that's an understatement, Ryan. Um, so. <laughs> So you're responsible as the executor to pay the debts of the deceased. Now you don't pay, as Scott said earlier, you don't pay these personally, you know, you're going to use the, the estate funds to do that. But again, as I alluded to earlier, you have to find out who those creditors are, who is owed money and, and what are legitimate claims when people come forward. And so as your role as executor, you determine, okay, that's a legitimate claim. So let's pay it versus an illegitimate claim or what you determine maybe just isn't something that's worth that someone doesn't have a legitimate claim to. And so you deny those claims and, but understand that any claim that you deny may lead to a court battle. And so again, being that executor, understand that, you know, you may end up, you know, in court defending the decision to deny a claim. And so along those lines, again, you're going to look at all those claims and determine what's valid and not. Another role is to determine the value of the estate. And this comes back to the question about taxes. So are there estate taxes that are going to be owed? And, and we know that, you know, depending on what the current estate tax amount is from the federal government determines, okay, you have to value all those assets. And so once you value those assets, does an estate tax return need to be filed? And does a, and in the federal level and the state level, does an estate income tax return need to be filed. And for sure, and there, as Scott alluded to earlier, there's there's going to be a final income tax return of the deceased that needs to be filed. And there's a time constraint as to when that needs to be filed as well. And so it is it is very complex. And depending on the complexity of the estate, um, there's there's a lot that goes on in, in, in being the executor. Sure. So guys, but we've, you know, hit the assets, we've hit the debts and liabilities that come into play when going through all of this. I mean, you guys have thrown a lot at our audience in the last few minutes here. Do you, you know, Scott, do you find that people are generally surprised when, you know, they learn about all of those roles and responsibilities that this position entails? You know, do you often find that maybe they assume that the job might simply be to, you know, to distribute the, the assets across, you know, a variety of, of beneficiaries. Is there, is there a lot of misconceptions when it comes to this? Yeah. Yes, there are. Um, I think they know the, I think a lot of times, you know, the, the responsibility that goes with it, but you just can't know the complexity of it or the depth of it until you're, you find yourself in the middle of it. Sometimes we think of the old movies, you know, where there's the reading of the will, and, uh, you know, as, as all the things we've just shared, there's a lot more to be an executor than just reading the will in front of, uh, in front of the heirs. Right. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of things that need to be ta- taken care of long before you get to that stage. Uh, and even the beneficiaries themselves need to sign a release saying that you've done your job as an executor satisfactorily before, uh, those, those assets are actually distributed. So, uh, you know, 
the actual distribution of the, the wealth to the heirs, I think that's the biggest surprise to the heirs themselves. The executor assumes that that's what their primary role is. I don't know that they understand as well what it means to pay some of the liabilities and some of the, the uh, you know, take on some of the legal aspects of it. Gotcha. So you bring up a great point there, and that's one that I really wanted to hit on with you guys today was obviously this is there's a lot that isn't, you know, that falls within the roles and responsibilities of an executor. Do executors then have to worry about any risks to themselves or any challenges in doing the job as a whole that could present personal risk? Is that is that a is that a thing they should be concerned about? It is something they should be concerned about. So if you are an executor or if if you're considering making a family member an executor of your estate, Ryan, it's there are legal and fiduciary responsibilities that you need to be aware of. And and there are three key hurdles or risks that that will kind of get a little more detail, but mm-hmm. you have the, the liability exposure, the time constraints, um, and time uh, amount that you need to put forth in doing this, and then angry heirs, which pretty self-explanatory, we'll get into it. So I'm going to throw it over to Scott here to kind of explain a little bit of the the exposure, the liability exposure. Yeah, you, you, you obviously need to understand as an executor that you need to protect the value of the estate as well as yourself legally, which means unfortunately, you're going to have to go to great lengths to protect the estate against impatient heirs. Uh, the primary role of, of the executor is to ensure the financial health of the estate, not the financial health of the heirs. And so I think that's an important distinction to go into it with and to make sure that you're somewhat defensive as, a, as an executor and make sure that all of the T's are crossed, all of the I's are dotted before you just start distributing uh, assets. So this could, I mean, could this mean going as far as changing the locks on, on the home of, of heirs, uh, you know, where they've grown up? Uh, just to protect the contents, it, it could. It, I've, I've seen it happen before. Um, and if, if you're failing to adequately protect the estate, then that's when you expose yourself to uh, the personal liability exposure that Matt alluded to. Oh, man, that, that can be a sticky situation. Sorry, Matt, do you have something to add there? Yeah, so so when you look at the, the time involved with being an executor, you know, geographically, does this person, you know, who's passed away, was it a family member, across town or are they in another state or is it mm-hmm. you know a family friend and so there's a significant amount of time that you may have to devote to being the executor and so understanding along the amount of time necessary to complete all the tasks and responsibilities but then there's also like we talked about earlier the time constraints of okay you you have to get that final income tax return filed in a specific amount of time and then dealing with potentially angry heirs when when there's when there's a, a member of the family who like scott said you know in the movies you see the reading of the will but <laughs> ultimately they know that they're a beneficiary and they're saying well ryan why aren't you giving me my money or my share it's like well hey wait a minute there's there's a process that we need to go through and paying the creditors first and they may not understand that and so there could be especially if if it's a brother or a sister or an aunt and uncle who's like hey where's my money Sure. And, and getting them to understand that you have the legal responsibility to take the time necessary to, to follow the legal and fiduciary responsibilities that you've been tasked to complete. And so the ways to mitigate that risk is to keep accurate records of 
everything that you do, a, a detailed itemized list of any distributions, any expenses that are paid or any distributions to heirs or creditors, anything that's done. If you keep the detailed list, then, then people will look back and say, okay, Ryan did his job accurately and responsibly to be the executor of that estate. Sure. You know, you took the words right out of my mouth. I've already, I've already got my pen and paper here next to me. I, I mean, you've got to keep, you know, those detailed records of, of each step of the process and how you went through it to, you know, make sure that you've, you know, you've got a little, sh you know, shield uh, as you go through this process to make sure that you are dotting those I's, crossing those T's, as Scott mentioned. Guys, a lot to unpack within this conversation between, you know, the A, the roles and responsibilities, but then also B, that that level of personal liability exposure and those time commitments and constraints. And then, of course, the angry heirs, that's another beast in and of itself if that comes to fruition in this process. Any final thoughts, any final words for our audience before we leave them today? Um, you know, when going through this process, any tips, just final thoughts as a whole? Uh, Scott, I'll throw this over to you in case you have anything for us. Otherwise, we'll toss it to Matt. I, I think the thing that jumps out for me, having actually gone through this pretty recently with my own family, uh, you know, when you're asked to be the executor within uh, an estate that's within your own family, the emotions are running high shortly after a death. And there's a lot of times when people are saying things and doing things that aren't typical of, of their, you know, what you know of them to be in normal situations. And so to take on that role of being an executor and potentially a son or daughter at the same time, uh, that's when you really want to make sure that you're doing it by the book uh, so that, you know, your role is, you first have to understand that your role is a legal role. And so it takes a very clear head to do that. So oftentimes I will recommend to my clients, if there's going to be a situation where there's going to be a lot of motions running, they may want to consider an executor that isn't necessarily a family member. Sure. Good point. Matt, anything to add? I would, I would agree with Scott on the, you know, the emotions run very high. You know, Scott went through this with, with a family member and, and, I similarly a few years back did the same thing. And, and one of the things that we mention or recommend, like Scott had said, is if it's a family member, that's, that's one thing and, or not a family member, make sure that if it's, if it's your estate and you're asking this, I'm going to, Hey, Ryan, could you be the executor? Again, it's understand what that entails and, and know that if you can, if you're asking that person, make them aware of what your wishes are, really personally and not just, okay, here's my will, here's my trust, but really understand and help them understand what it is that you want them to accomplish for you, whether it's a family member. And then if you can include other family members, so they understand, you don't have to describe all the assets at that point, but so everybody understands what it is that you want to accomplish, Ryan, as, as it's your estate and your plan and, and what you have built over your lifetime and what you would like to see happen when you pass away and try to, you know, for the executor, mitigate those risks mm -hmm. and, and any hurt feelings that might come from you, you know, naming someone as the executor, whether it's a family member or someone outside the family. Sure. Sure. Guys. Well, look, Hey, look, I really appreciate today's conversation. I think we shared a lot of great beneficial information with our audience today in terms of, you know, becoming an executor. I know we'll probably have a great conversation on tap for our next episode, but thank you again for your time today. And uh, Hey, I'm looking forward to the next one already. Uh, we, we are as well, Ryan, have a great day. 
All right. Hey, Take and look, turn. we want to we thank you, our audience, for taking some time out of your day to be with us for today's episode. If you, know, if you liked what you saw or heard today, feel free to comment on the episode below. <laughs> Subscribe to the show. Share this information with friends and family. We certainly appreciate it. We'd love to uh, you know, have more you know, viewers and whatnot with us aboard for shows to come, and we'd hate for anybody to miss out on any beneficial information that may put them on that path to abundant living. So for Scott and Matt, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long, and we thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Path to Abundant Living. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors. Morrison, Norman and Associates and Securities America are separate entities. All investing involves risk, including the possible risk of principal.